Hi everyone, I'm Iman. And I'm Carla. And you're listening to Screensaver, a podcast about all things pop culture. Now, a few episodes ago, when Carla and I reviewed our favorite pop culture from 2017, we talked a lot about the shows that featured fantastical or escapist elements. Also, movies like Get Out or The Big Sick that spotlighted social tensions or gestured toward possible resolutions. But who knew? Our first movie review of 2018 would focus on a movie that took both those trends and transformed them into something tender, kind, and soul-affirming. Who knew we, and it seems the rest of the internet, (laughs) would be talking about Paddington 2, a children's movie directed by Paul King about an earnest little bear's adventures and antics in present-day London. Today, we're going to deep dive into the phenomenon it's become, praise its imaginative visuals, and share our thoughts on why the world so desperately needs Paddington today. We'll wrap things up with our signature shout-outs. Boy, did this movie have a lot of them. All of this after the break. Dear Aunt Lucy, life in London has been better than ever. I really feel at home. If you had one wish tonight, what would it be? I'd like to get my Aunt Lucy a birthday present. An old pop-up book of London. The only problem is it's rather expensive. Where on earth did you find it? At Mr. Gruber's antique shop. (laughs) Stop! Freeze! Cheerio. Hold it right there. We're rich again. Afternoon, chaps. I may look like a hardened criminal, but I really am innocent. I'm going to prove it. If you're going to clear your name, you're going to need our help. Paddington's made such sweet friends. I'm in. Oh my gosh, if I ever need a cheering up, I just need that playing on a constant loop on (laughs) my desktop background. (laughs) Yes. It did a really good job of summarizing what I think this movie is about, but why don't we give a little bit of plot talk for anyone that wants to know a little more detail? Sure, let's do it. So here's a brief summary. Now settled in with the Brown family, Paddington is a popular member of the community who spreads joy and marmalade wherever he goes. (laughs) One fine day, he spots the perfect present for his beloved aunt's 100th birthday in an antique shop, a pop-up book of London. When a thief steals the prized book, Paddington embarks on an epic quest to unmask the culprit before Aunt Lucy's birthday. Now, that about covers what Paddington 2 is about, but let's rewind a little and describe how we got into it. Iman, when did you first hear rumblings of Paddington? So I know that this is a sequel, so the fact that we first heard about this or feel like we noticed it when Paddington 2 came out and not the original is a little unconventional. But as I'm sure you'll discuss, the way that this movie took the internet by storm was pretty interesting. Personally, though, my origin story with Paddington was a little more personal, starting with Jack's niece and nephew's nap time, which is about the perfect (laughs) way that anyone could be introduced to a movie. While babysitting Sean, a five-year-old that I must say has impeccable taste, Sean requested that we watch the first Paddington. And after doing the typical search for the DVD, because it was definitely not in the right case, as always (laughs) seems to be, (laughs) the issue we we started the movie 
And although Jack and I were scheduled to leave right when they started watching the movie, we ended up sitting there for like half an hour watching it because we were hooked within less than a minute. I I knew that I loved it. I knew I wanted to watch the entire thing. So immediately I got on my phone, found out that it was in Netflix. And that very night, Jack and I sat down and watched the whole thing. So while this exact situation, watching while babysitting, might not have been that common for someone that was tweeting about it as we saw, yeah. I have to believe our reaction to the movie was very typical. What was your experience with Paddington? Well, my experience was a little bit different. I'd seen trailers of the films several times, actually, but I hadn't really thought much of them. Then, with the release of the sequel, I started noticing an outpouring of love toward this film on Twitter, and that really caught my attention. I saw tweets like, um, one, for example, said, For 103 minutes, I knew true happiness in this life. <laughs> Another person wrote, quote, the only 2018 movie I've seen is Paddington 2, and it will probably be my number one for most of the year. And then finally another one said, I'm not kidding. Paddington makes me want to be a better person, friend, neighbor, brother, son. After this, I went quickly onto Rotten Tomatoes and saw that it had a rating of 100%, which is crazy. So, obviously, the critical response to it was equally enthusiastic. Critics were writing things like, This movie is a balm for our troubled times. Yep. Or, I don't want to review Paddington 2. I want to live in it. So, mm. after, after reading all this, I saw the first movie on Netflix. Thank God it's on there. And it's so yes. easily accessible. <laughs> and I loved it. Uh, the next day, I saw the sequel in the movie theaters. And I loved that one even more. I'm not exaggerating when I say it's a flawless kids movie. And all of the hype it's received has been so well deserved. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I I think the fact that Twitter showed an outpouring of love towards something is kind of unique in and of itself. Twitter tends to be a platform that tears stuff down. Yeah. But when you see it coalesce around something in a really positive way, that just kind of brightened all our feeds. And I, I'm glad it did the same for you. I'm going to be honest and say that breaking this episode was something of a challenge for me. Hmm. Reducing something, that is to say Paddington 2, something so wholly pure and emotionally affecting, reducing that to its individual parts felt wrong, especially given that there wasn't a second while watching this movie that ever made me think, oh, what nice special effects, or what a well-written script, or wow, this voice acting is great. I was never aware of of what was going on technically, which is to say that I was completely under its spell. That said, I do think we'd be remiss not to comment on just how well this movie was made. Yeah. So, Carla, do you want to kick things off by sharing some of our highlights in terms of the individual things that we loved about this movie? Sure. I mean, you make a great point. This movie feels very immersive, 
but I also feel mm. like it stays with you for a long time. And when I was reflecting on this movie, there were several things about it that I realized I really liked. So yeah, we have to break it down. <laughs> First off, we have to talk about Paddington 2's cinematography and art direction. This movie is a visually stunning work of art. The attention to detail in terms of the camera work and the art direction is masterful, and with its warm pastel colors and pop-up book or dollhouse animation sequences, I would argue it's easily comparable to any Wes Anderson film. Yes, I would even say it worked better because this was in a kids movie context yes. where Wes Anderson movies, not to bash them by any means, but it's almost kind of cutesy or twee mm-hmm. or ironic even, but this felt so sincere and utterly perfect within the context. Yes. It's also worth mentioning that this movie is genuinely funny. Despite being a kid's movie with typical physical humor, it's delightful enough to make anyone watching the film laugh out loud. One scene that stood out to me in particular was when the Brown family was visiting Paddington in jail and were then joined by some friends. Let me cue that up. In the past month, these three shadowy individuals have all been seen snooping around three London landmarks. Oh. We think the thief you saw is part of a criminal gang. Using the pop-up book as a treasure map. Well, it's a theory. Have you found out who they are? Not yet, dearie. Maybe I should take a look. I'm sorry, this is a private conversation. Oh, it's all right, Mr. Brown. This is my friend, Knuckles. How are you? And this is Fibs. G'day. Spoon. Hello. Jimmy the Snitch. All right. T-Bone. Watch out. The Professor. Hope. Squeaky Pete. Ow. Double Bass Bob. Hello. Farmer Jack. Okay. Mad Dog. Oof. Johnny Cashpoint. Catching. Sir Jeffrey Wilcott. I hope I can rely on your vote. And Charlie Rumble. <sighs> it's so wonderful to meet you all. I must say it's a great relief to know that Paddington's already made such sweet friends. <laughs> Would you excuse us a moment? What are you doing? Talking to the nice men. Nice men? Mary, we can't trust these people. I mean, look at them. Talk about a rogues gallery. Hideous. And as for that bearded baboon in the middle, he's hardly got two brain cells to rub together. We can still hear you, Mr. Brown. Yes, oh my gosh. that The whole prison sequence... Aside some reviewers' issues with it being problematic, was so funny. And I think that this movie had so many moments of situational comedy that reminded me of a lot of things that I love about British sketch comedy. Mm -hmm. They might not hit you with one-liners per se, but the premises are always so clever and surprising. Yeah, the movie's humor actually reminded me of something else. The entire movie is filled with so many little silly quirks, and it's so joke-dense, in a way that almost reminded me of a Mel Brooks movie like Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh my gosh. I can imagine that in subsequent viewings, you can catch on to so many more little witticisms. So true. I'm excited to go back and even rewatch the first one. Yeah. You mentioned cinematography and you mentioned humor. I'm going to bring up a 
third item, and that's the vocal performances, which were something that, as I mentioned earlier, I didn't mo- notice in the moment, but thinking about it afterwards, I was so impressed by. Yes, they were so good. And I think we have to start with Paddington himself, who's voiced by Ben Wishaw. Yes. Oh my gosh. I didn't think about this until recently, but isn't it interesting that Paddington doesn't have a kid's voice? Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah, I've never thought of that either. Interestingly enough, I I, I do think Paddington is a rather younger bear. I mean, his Aunt Lucy lives to be 100, so I think we can probably place him within maybe his adolescence. Uh Uh-huh. As a character, but the fact that they gave him just a very, still young sounding, but a very sweet and adult and respectful and polite voice was just so cool to me. You didn't expect him to be getting into trouble or anything intentionally. When it happens, it's just kind of like a result of him trying to do something nice. And I think that in retrospect, the voice kind of contributed to that. Yes, he's also very eloquent, which I would say is so much better than a Curious George type of voice. Oh my gosh, yeah, I mean, does Curious George even speak? And here we have Paddington going, oh, I'm I'm rather afraid I misplaced my bus ticket or something. He's (laughs) just so, (laughs) it's so endearing. Another great performance we have to mention is... Hugh Bonneville, who plays Mr. Brown. Uh, Most people probably know him from Downton Abbey. And I would say I actually actively disliked him as an actor, primarily because of Downton Abbey. But I loved him in this movie. Same. I think that he's known for being a rather stiff character. Mm -hmm. But... Even though Mr. Brown is still a pretty stiff character in this movie, they have a lot of fun with breaking that. And I think he ends up being kind of like the a child's view of what an adult would be, where he's doing all these things that don't really make sense, like having a midlife crisis. (laughs) Yes, to me, he was like a more likable version, a much more likable version of Uncle Vernon Dursley from Harry Potter. I had the same thought. Yes, but this is like an actor portraying a very bumbling version of Uncle Vernon, but also in his performance, just being very unafraid to be silly. And I think freeing that up just really came across in the performance and made me end up liking him a lot more as an actor. Yes. And then another actress who is featured in this movie one who's definitely having a moment right now, Sally Hawkins, who plays Mrs. Brown. Yes, she's also in The Shape of Water, the Guillermo del Toro movie, right? Yes, and she's nominated for an Oscar, I think, for that that Wow. Well, I haven't seen her in that, but I thought she was great in this. She she played the very quirky mother character, Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed how she was celebrated for it. In a sense, another Harry Potter parallel here, but she could very easily have come across as a Trelawney, like a character that the kids are kind of actively embarrassed by mm. or just kind of the somebody that the husband is constantly trying to, I don't know, control or squelch her creativity. But here... 
every single quirky thing she did ended up serving a purpose, and I really liked how the the movie showed that everyone's little features have have a special place in in society and also in the plot. Yes. I would say all the characters in Paddington are very likable, and I would even say that about the movie's villain. I would say the standout performance in Paddington has to go to Hugh Grant for his character Phoenix Buchanan. What did you think about him? Yes, this was a performance that I definitely was not expecting. (laughs) But it really leveraged the reputation that Hugh Grant has outside of this movie, mm-hmm. i.e. a kind of heartthrob in the 90s, a little bit washed out. And it translates that into such an entertaining performance here. I should say he translates it into such an entertaining performance. I think we have a clip. Do you want to roll that? Sure. Prison is no laughing matter. And I should know, I spent three years in Les Miserables. <laughs> Mr. Buchanan, you live on the same street as the defendant. I do. And you were an eyewitness to the events that night. Indeed, I was. I was up late when I became aware of a hullabaloo in the street below. I went to my awards room, which is a large room overlooking the newspaper kiosk, and I saw young Paddington riding a rather disreputable-looking hound. Mary Brown drew this based on the bear's description of the man he claims he was chasing. (laughs) Did you see him on the street that night? Oh, handsome devil, isn't he? (laughs) Dazzling eyes. Yes, but did you see him? Your answer will tell us whether the bear is guilty. Did you see this man? Alas, I did not. The reactions in that clip are also so funny. (laughs) Yes. All right. And watching that, I'm definitely noticing a trend here because when we were watching that, it made me realize something. Hugh Grant's character is basically Gilderoy Lockhart from the second Harry Potter. Oh my gosh. The second you said I'm recognizing a trend, I just thought, oh my God, Lockhart. Yeah, that (laughs) is... On. Yes, and I think seeing Hugh Grant plays such a self-deprecating role in a character who's essentially a has-been actor really adds to the charm of this film. Yeah, I think in the same way that we were commenting on Hugh Bonneville, there's something to be said for these adults within this film playing very playful roles even in that prison clip that we rolled earlier the way that you hear even sally hawkins speaking in that it just reminds me so much of the voice that adults take on when they're playing with little kids like yeah then we went through the seven layers of the whatever forest it it's just that that tone that brings out just a lot of love and life and just such a cool energy that this whole movie ends up evoking Yeah. Okay, Iman, we've talked about the cinematography, we've talked about Paddington's humor, and we've talked about the performances, but I think the biggest part of this movie that we loved the most has to be its themes and central message. Yep. So, 
I would argue that the true beauty of Paddington lies in its central message, which at its essence boils down to two sayings, love thy neighbor and be polite. Like most other children's movies, its moral virtues are nothing if not heavy-handed. But something about the purity and simplicity of these messages being set in the context of present-day Britain strikes a chord so deep it's difficult not to be moved to tears while watching this movie. I tried so hard not to cry, and then at the very end tears just started rolling down my face because it was such a beautiful ending and a beautiful movie overall. Honestly, the themes and the central message that were packaged within Paddington 2 and the first Paddington are what I left the movie most excited to talk about and why I think the movies, both of them, are resonating so much with adult audiences in the present Hmm. day. I would say... There's a reason that kindness is often described or synonymous with making an effort. All the things that Paddington does in this movie, like saying hello to his neighbors, making them breakfast, reminding them to to not forget their keys, or <laughs> the central plot of the movie, finding the perfect gift for a loved one. These little tasks that ask us to look outside of ourselves take work. They take effort, and they're so easy to cut out of our daily habits. If you're running late, the first thing you can clip out of your daily routine is holding the door open for someone. But Paddington's generous spirit shows us the importance of little gestures like these. They're important to our families, our communities, and the world, and they ultimately leave us better off as a whole. You're right, Iman. Paddington has a talent for seeing the good in people and remaking any new environment in his image. And while these lessons seem obvious for younger audiences, I think the real power in Paddington is the way in which it serves as a useful reminder for adults, too. Of course, just just seeing the good in people and that kind of inherently drives a desire to want to do good in the world. Yes. So I have a question for you. Do you see Paddington as having a lasting effect or do you think the enthusiasm over this movie will likely fade okay so yeah maybe the hype and the the trending on twitter might fade but really i hope the enthusiasm and joy that this movie brings won't i think that's borderline impossible and also this movie gave me a lot of fire ideas for t-shirt designs Kindness (laughs) Kindness <laughs> fueled by marmalade. <laughs> so I'm hoping that those will at least keep it pretty fresh in my memory. Yes. And one more brief question. Are we in agreement that in our bear rankings, Paddington is way better than Winnie the Pooh? No question. <laughs> Get Winnie the Pooh out of here. Paddington up front. Although... Paddington would probably tell us that we should include all the bears on an equal level. So (laughs) I'll tone down my vitriol towards Winnie the Pooh just for him. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Iman. How about we transition into our shout outs for this movie? It had so many fun ones. Yes. Okay, I'll go first. 
My first one, we have to get this out of the way, but we have to mention the nickname J-Dog. Oh my gosh, got such a laugh for me. Is it customary for British teenage boys to go through a hip-hop nickname phase? Because I was getting major Big D Harry Potter vibes off <laughs> Jonathan Brown's cool new nickname. I'm. We've mentioned it before, but I think that our being completely taken by Paddington 2 might have to do with our love for Harry Potter because there are a lot of parallels here. <laughs> I think that's like the fourth or fifth character from Harry Seriously? Potter. <laughs> but... I think they can take that as a compliment. And in the trailer we played, I saw it, it said that it was produced by one of the producers of of Harry Potter. So that makes I'm so sure much it's sense. not a coincidence. Yeah. But yes, going back to my shout out, on a more serious tone, I have to give a shout out to the name J-Dog because... I thought it was kind of sweet to see this movie address the adolescent pressures of conforming to fads and phases, even if that included shutter shade sunglasses. <laughs> That's a really good point. I think that it did it with both the children in this movie, and I, I think that was, a, that was a fun nod and a, a sweet nod. Yes. What's your next shout-out? My shout-out is a smidge sillier. My shout-out is to a reoccurring character in both movies, equally amazing appearances. My shout-out is to Barry the security guard. <laughs> yes! More specifically, his constantly brimming cup of coffee that always <laughs> seems to be in his hand. This is one that will probably resonate with you a lot more if you've seen the movies, but if you haven't, there's this security guard that appears in both of the movies as a witness to a crime. And coincidentally, both crimes are perpetrated by men dressed as women. And Barry the security guard seems to have a type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This was a joke that I wasn't sure would appear in the second movie, but when they revived it, it, it got a, a solid laugh from me. Something that I was also really tickled to find is that he was played by one of the two screenwriters in the movie. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think it's... A, he was really well... I mean, he, he gave a great performance, but <laughs> B, it's so fun when they do... Uh, when you see that they're involved in ways like that. And seeing that the guy is a really good comic actor helps explain the humor of the movie. That's right. Yes, I I really like it when movies kind of have inside jokes in in any sequel. Like any any little nod to the previous movies is such a such a fun touch. Yeah, and it makes you feel like you're it's a it's an inside joke between the movie and the audience. Yes. Moving on to our next shout out. What do you, what have you got? Okay, my next shout-out goes to the Paddington Growl. Ooh. We've spoken about our love of the Hamilton Jaw Rule Growl on this podcast, but I think How long we... is I'm alive, Eliza? <laughs> but I think we have to add the Paddington Growl, or Grunt, to our list, too. Did you notice this throughout the movie, Iman? 
Now that you mention it, maybe, but go on. Paddington grunts a lot, especially when he's frustrated or faced with a dilemma. And there was something about that sound effect that I really loved in a weird way because it serves as a subtle reminder that Paddington is, after all, a bear. Very true. The fact that he has these little quirks that kind of subtly remind you that he's something different. Yeah. And seeing people just kind of accept him for what he was 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 another really sweet thing. Yeah, definitely. Okay, what's our last shout-out, Iman? Our last shout-out is to Hard Stairs. <laughs> nice! This is was one of those recurring jokes that we mentioned before, but Paddington has a ability to give people a real, <laughs> a really intense look, something that I think my friends in high school would have referred to as my death stare. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was so cute that uh, Paddington was taught this by his Aunt Lucy, and he says that it's something that you give to people when they forget their manners. And it, it kind of had this, it was a very innocent reprimand, mm-hmm. but it, the way that it's set up in the movie makes it seem like this really, this really devastating takedown. So I, I just, I thought having that all come from, again, kind of like a childlike perspective was so fun. And I think Paddington definitely helped perfect my own hard stare. <laughs> I like that. Well, that about does it for our shout outs. Why don't we move on to our final thoughts and rankings? All right. Well, I'm just going to cap off my observations or notes by saying that both Paddington movies, but Paddington 2 especially, are such treasures. Watching this movie is almost like an act of self-care because watching this visually stunning movie with a delightful plot and a great cast of actors feels like a real treat. And for anyone who hasn't seen this yet, I really, really, really recommend you watch it no matter what your age is. Because you're kind of doing yourself a disservice if you don't. (laughs) So for all of that, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to give this 10 out of 10 electric toothbrush slash earwax cleaners. Yeah, gross. (laughs) (laughs) Love the ranking, though. I think if anything should be obvious from this podcast, it's that I love, love, loved Paddington, and especially Paddington 2. I think by Paddington 2, in comparison with the first, we kind of see Paddington become more of a member of the community. He's fully integrated in the neighborhood that he lives in, the characters are more familiar, and that made his absence all the more startling when it happens in this movie. And I've seen a few reviews point this out, but I think it's not a stretch to say that this show that showing Paddington's centrality to a community and by contrast, what happens when he's absent 
makes a pretty interesting argument for immigrants within communities in the present day,、mm-hmm. be it in Britain or America or anywhere in the world, because it's really just showing what happens when someone different comes into a new community, shows everyone around him a lot of love, and becomes a member of that community. So. I thought that that Paddington's way of being at once a kids' movie, but also transcending that and just showing a message of acceptance and, as you said before, loving thy neighbor,、mm-hmm. which goes both ways, both as loving someone new or different that comes into your community, and then that that different person loving everyone else.、Um, it, it's just such an important message, and I. Again, it's it's visually stunning. It's just well made, and it, it gives me all the warm fuzzies. Yeah, I, as you said, you are doing yourself a disservice if you don't give the first movie, which is on Netflix, so it's pretty easy to watch, a viewing, and then definitely tracking down the second wherever you can find it. I I'm gonna also have to buckle down and do it because I can't imagine giving this movie anything less. <laughs> Ten out of ten, Hugh Grant headshots. <laughs> nice, Iman. That's so well put, and I love the fact that we are starting the new year on such a high note. Yes, I'm hoping and know that the warm glow of Paddington is going to seep into the rest of the year. There have honestly been a few rough days I've had in the past couple of weeks where I just think. <sighs> Paddington exists, <laughs> and it makes things better. <laughs> it does. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Screensaver. For any of you listening out there, if you have any thoughts or bare grumblings that you want to share with us on Paddington, please get in touch. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Carla has been posting some fire video content. <laughs> Really well done. That is at Screensaver Pod, and you can also like our Facebook page, Screensaver Podcast. Finally, be on the lookout for our next episode, where Carla and I will review the much-anticipated Black Panther. Yeah, Iman, I am so excited for you to see that. Yes, you saw it this morning. I'm watching it tomorrow. I. Cannot wait! It's gonna be a good one. Yes. All right. Well, stay tuned, guys. Until next time. Bye. Bye. All of this after the break. Good. I、okay. sound so much like the BBC. <laughs> like who? BBC. <laughs> All of this after the break. <laughs> Find out on BBC. Okay, let me let me play the.、Clip. Talking about Paddington. <laughs> <laughs> I did that a lot. That phenomenon, <laughs> it's become. <laughs> okay.